0: As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Spot, kick away, high it up, long enough. It it's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Connor Burke.
1: Good gosh darn
0: This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome in to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast And for the first time this year, we get on air... After a loss, uh, Carolina dropping a tough one to Florida State, 31-28, to despite being down 24 uh, at multiple points during the first and early in the second half. Carolina roared back, but fell just short, and uh, a game that, um, you know, the guy the, the guys coming out of the gate, the Tar Heels did not look prepared, uh, you know, it was a tough environment going in, uh, first time all season that they have played uh, in the primetime slot, first time all season they played in a stadium that's been over even 25% capacity uh, and you could tell that the Tar Heels just were not prepared and they end up coming up short for the first time this season
1: Yeah, it was a really a disappointing first 30 minutes of football you saw on oh, Saturday It looked reminiscent of Carolina under Larry Fedora where they didn't have a good game plan they weren't ready to play they made too many mental errors and they didn't execute and they dug themselves a really big hole um and that you know I think Mac Brown said it best when they went to halftime we're gonna find out who we are in the second half and second half they outscored Florida State um 21 to nothing but it still wasn't enough because you're not you're not good enough to get down multiple possessions and fight your way back. You're not at that point yet. Are you building that point? Yeah, you're probably getting closer to where you think. Man, we can probably take a quarter off and still beat some teams. That wasn't the case. We're not there yet. That wasn't the case on Saturday night. We knew this game was bigger. Probably meant more to Florida than it did to Carolina because they were one and three. They needed something to kind of jumpstart their season. Mike Norvell was still trying to win over his own players, the you know, the fan base, the booster club there in Tallahassee. So they were going to put us so much into, into beating that game, especially once Caroline got in the top five. And everything that needed to go their way went their way. Yeah. It was one of those things that some some of the stuff you couldn't even help what happened. And it's just part of it. Um, but I you know I do think this loss is is in some ways good because you take some pressure off of you now to be a top-five team every week, to win every week. You can really now analyze what all you've been doing wrong. And we mentioned after the, the Virginia Tech game, as big as that win was, they did a lot of bad things in that game, but all that gets masked by a victory. Well, now you did a lot of bad things and you need to have an elbow beside it, so now you can really hone in and, and fix what you need to get fixed. Um, and so – you, t- you take your lumps. We went into the game, and I was just like, you know, let's try to enjoy being a top-five team, playing in prime time. That all went to hell when you're down 31-7. to seven. But, right. they, but they, they got a taste of it because they've never been there. So we can't really blame them for reacting the way they've been they they did because we've never been in that situation with this staff and these kids. So it was a learning experience for sure on Saturday night in Tallahassee. I mean,
0: you got to think the upperclassmen, most of these guys, when they started their career, they were three and two win seasons, yeah. and now you're in the top five. Your quarterback's on College Game Day, talking to Maria Taylor about uh, you know the path of your team, his career, you know his career trajectory, everything like that, and all of a sudden there's people starting to look. At you and ask is this an outside college football contender? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that you know that there were a lot of people that said, including a lot of Tario fans, that said this team was overrated um, as, as a top five team. You know, but that's I part that. of that's part of college football in twenty twenty though too, yeah. because you don't have these teams out there right now. You're not going to have. Ohio State in the top five, having not played a game yet. I mean, that's just that it is what it is. Now you're going to start to see some of this level out because you've got the Big Ten coming back this week, uh, the Pac-12 is coming back in two weeks, two weeks, yeah. a- and then you'll have the Mountain West as well. I don't think anybody big is going to come out of there. Maybe outside of Boise State, but you'll see some of these things start to level themselves out. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that was one of the biggest things was just you know, Carolina was stunned from the m- word go. The minute that 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 first punt attempt got blocked from Ben Kieran, and that was it. They had no idea how to recover. Florida State hit them in the mouth repeatedly, and they just – there was no response because they didn't know how to respond in that situation. I mean, again, we've talked about it. You know, this is a team that last year – you know, that second half was what they were used to. They were used to trailing in games. They've never been – a team that, you know, has everybody said, okay, they should be winning by double digits. I mean, Carolina came in a 13.5-point favorite in that game. Um, So I, I think it was just, you know, everything combined was just a very bad recipe for Carolina. I You know, I told you before the game I had a really nervous feeling about it. Just something about the environment, you know, playing Florida State. They feel like they found their quarterback. Everything just came together at the right time for Florida State, and it was a big win. But, um, you know, for, for, for uh, Carolina, the first half play calling is one of the big concerns. Um, that was one of the worst game plans I've seen. Now, to be somewhat fair to Phil Longo, your offensive line was horrific for most of the game, pass protection-wise, uh, and it's, it's hard to draw up a game plan where you're going to throw the ball deep a lot when your quarterback is getting pressure in his face every play but this was a team that hit two long balls a week ago um, to Deami Brown I mean I get that you're going up against Asante Samuel Jr who is as good as he was advertised I mean he looked fantastic in that game but Carolina's first half play calling was very conservative um, I understand that they wanted to establish the run against a team of Florida State that struggled to run the ball but it seemed like Phil Longo just completely took the passing game away especially the passing game, and Carolina really struggled to move the ball once they got past midfield in the first half.
1: I said when we previewed the game last week, I thought the game was going to be lost in the practice leading up to it in terms of the preparation. Carolina got out coached top to bottom last Saturday night, from head coach to offensive coordinator to defensive coordinator. Um, This is the problem that we have with Phil Longo, is that last week... He called as good a game he's called since he's been our offensive coordinator. Yep, I agree with that. You, you saw the offense that we expected to see this year, the offense that Mac Brown wants to have. You know, when he mentions that Oklahoma style offense, so they can run for three hundred and throw for three hundred. You got that against Virginia Tech, and then you come against Florida State. And I get you were able to push them off the line of scrimmage and run the ball, and you've got two outstanding running backs that you want to keep focused, but or not in focused, but involved in, 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 in the in the game plan. Mm-hmm. But at some point, when you're running as well as you're running, you should be able to throw the ball deep. So what that told me was that there's a lack of trust. It's either the lack of trust in the offensive line or it's a lack of trust in Sam Howell to make throws down the field. Or, or, it's
0: both. or the wide receivers to create separation, which has been an issue. I but think that's the bigger thing. I, I don't think it's Sam Howell they're worried about. The wide receivers have not been able to do their part. Because once again, look at Daz Newsome. Four catches, 37 yards. Not bad, but he, we thought – this past week, what we saw against Virginia Tech would carry over. They'd be able to throw the ball short. He just he can't get open enough to where Sam Howell can throw it to him. He's not going to force a pass and throw an interception.
1: You still, That's the problem. You should still be confident enough to force the ball to De'Ami Brown or to Bo Corrales and let them go make plays.
0: Well, they did in the second half to Bo Corrales, and, and Bo did. made made, made a
1: couple plays. But it's too late. So, Oh, the, I agree. The game plan from word go was bad, and this is – this is why I think when the season ends, I don't think, matter what Carolina's record is, I don't think really Phil Long will be back. I mean, he, Matt Brown fired a special team mm. from after one year. I think you will look at the offense and say, look, you're putting up great numbers, but we got to be better consistently in situational football. They are a bad situational football team, whether it's when they get yeah. in the red zone or when they need to extend that one drive to give their defense a break. They don't know how to execute. When execution is required in games like they had on Saturday night, when you're not playing right, when you're not when you're not at your best, and you got to be better. And sure, you're going to blame the players, but the staff's got to put them in better situations to make plays. And um, I I know I've made some comments that is going, and this is going to piss a lot of people, Tar Heel fans, off. I need more from Mac Brown on the sidelines. This lack of animation when my team is sucking is infuriating to me. I'm not saying I want him out there every Saturday night blowing his head off and having an aneurysm going Dana Holgerson. That's not what I want. That's not who he is. But when my team's down 31-7 to and we're a top-five team, we're on the road and we're on national primetime, I'm going to chew my kids out. I mean, here's the thing.
0: I don't know that he didn't do that. They don't show him on camera the whole game. So to be I, fair, I feel there like are moments where he could be getting fired up. Also, it's very hard this year to tell how, you know, how animated guys are on the sideline. I you said like that with Mike his, McCarthy, your own your your, your well, NFL he, head coach. He can't talk because on his, the his his mouth gets in. The well, we're, we're not we're not going to get into this because but, the hatred for Mike McCarthy, Mike might rival the hatred for the team we're going to preview the game against coming up. But my, my
1: thing is this, Mac Brown has a relationship with ESPN, so I feel like if he was to lose his cool, the broadcast people would go out of their way to show Mac Brown losing his cool.
0: I, I mean, the, okay, I, the other thing that I'm going to give him is that I'm assuming that Mac Brown is also the type of guy that thinks if he loses his cool on the sidelines and starts freaking out, it's going to really show the players that we're, we're, we're in a bad situation. I think remaining calm is the thing that Mac Brown does best because he uh, he has that, that sort of CEO overseer type environment on the team. The rest of the coaching staff does not really hold back from what I've seen. Dre Bly, I saw him a couple of times on the sideline. He was not happy. Um, I, you know, Phil Longo looked disappointed at times. Probably um, in himself. I mean, but that – I, you know, I think there are the right guys on the sidelines that are that are getting into these guys and telling them, look, this is not what we expect out of our guys right now.
1: I mean – I just think in that situation, you know, if you want to use calculated times to lose your cool, Roy Williams has his times where he's going to finally throw a sports jacket or get his technical foul because he feels like his team needs it. If you didn't think down 31-7 to 7 was not the right time to have a moment – there to me, that's a problem. Well, again, the now, other may, thing, now maybe look he, at
0: look at the timing of when you were down thirty-one to maybe seven. Maybe he
1: lost his mind in halftime.
0: I would I, the way he was talking coming out of the locker room. I would say so. Now, th- there is a difference. Roy is Roy is I think more like us. We're going to want to throw things, we're going to want to yell, we're going to want to scream. Mac might not, I mean, he's going to I'm assuming he's going to go in the locker room and yell, but he's not going to be overly aggressive. That's just not how Mac is. Mac's also getting getting older. Mac acts like a, a typical older Southern gentleman. Roy is going to be like us when we're older. We're fired up, freaking out all the time. Um, I mean, that's just, you know, I think that's the that's the difference in the two if you want to compare them. Um, but, you know, I, I think, I'm assuming that in that in that locker room, something, something was said because that team looked completely different from the first half in that second half. They, I don't know if it, it, you know, it might not all be on the coaching staff. They might have gotten themselves settled down and said, okay, look, we you've got to figure out how to do something here but i think you've got to give credit to the coaching staff for getting them at, you know in a position where they could have won the game that's a game that you could have easily rolled over and just gotten destroyed and bl- and blown away i'm not here oh i'm not here for moral I'm victories for either moral victory. i think it's i think it's an unacceptable first half I think it's an unacceptable loss. I think you should have won that game because you are more talented than that Florida State team. Um, that Florida State team will probably not be a bowl team. I don't care. I don't think Jordan Travis is that great. I think he's okay. I don't think he's got the greatest arm. Um, there's more problems with the defense for Carolina than I think we realize. Um, and I think, you know, we'll... we'll kind of parlay this into the offensive line. Um, You got dominated by a defensive line that had three sacks coming into the game the entire season. Uh, That's pathetic. I'm going to be honest with you. You came out. You looked great. In the game against Virginia Tech You still looked good run, run blocking You still had a lot of success there But you've got to be able to figure out a way To protect your quarterback And not have to rely on a guy like Garrett Walston to stay in And help you every time Because yeah. we saw when Garrett was able to get out In open space, they found him twice for big plays You need that more often But right now your offensive line You can't trust them to protect your starting quarterback I don't know what changed From that game against Virginia Tech at Team that we talked about came in with 19 total tackles for loss. Came in with 13 team sacks coming into that game in two weeks, and Carolina dominated them. Now you go up against a team that couldn't buy a tackle for loss in the first three weeks of the season. Even playing against a team in Jacksonville State, who is a, an FCS program that's maybe slightly you know above average, but they're not a world beater, and couldn't do it against them, but against Carolina, you had four sacks, you had, uh, I think, what what was it, seven tackles for loss? No, eight tackles for loss in the game. You got to be better than that, especially if you want to win these big games coming up, because if you play like that against Notre Dame or Miami, you're going to get blown out.
1: Yeah. um, They, run blocking for them is not a problem. They know how to get, you know, they they can blow people off the ball, they can move people wherever they want. Mm Mm-hmm. They've got to find an answer at left tackle, and they need to find it uh, yesterday. It's uh, a Sim Richards, is not the answer for sixty minutes. He can give you a drive here and there, um, but he is not the answer moving forward. But the issue is, if, is if you kick Izuto out to left tackle, you're going to be lesser at the guard spot which is probably going to hurt you trying to run the ball in the interior, which is where Carolina right now is having a lot of success running the football, is running the ball up the middle and then getting outside at the second level. So I think that's the problem is that, I mean, unless you just want to go full-blown, we're going to run to the right side every time. But, I mean, at some point it's going to get taken away because it's going yeah. to predictable. So you got to be able to move the ball on the other side of the line. But those guys have got to be – they've got to be better. And maybe you just got to go back to the Syracuse game and bench someone and put Kyrian Johnson in there and then they'll wake someone up. I mean, yeah,
0: so, I you know they they did it once again on Saturday where Richards was on the bench for a little bit. They moved Zudu out to left tackle and put Ed Montilla in there. And so maybe we've seen that multiple times. Maybe but,
1: you've got to roll with that, but right. y- You also don't. I mean, you've played four games. You should have a a an offensive line that you say this is our five unless someone gets hurt. We're rolling out with.
0: Well, they they or, have that five. It's just Richards was expected to be better. Remember, we heard right before the season once Ty Murray went down with his injury at center. They were, you know, Mac was like, I would prefer to have ten. Eight will do. We have six guys we can trust on the offensive which, line right now. Which
1: is why if you want to look at the scope of, you know, Carolina's come a long way in a year and a half under Mac Brown. Mm-hmm. The the programs and you know hundred times better ship than what it was, talents better and all that all that crap. They got to get better up front. Yeah, yeah. Well, on, and on both sides. Right. We, we saw as bad as the offensive line was in pass protection, our defensive line got worked by a mediocre at best offensive line from Florida State. Yeah,
0: I don't know if maybe I just didn't notice it as much in the first two games of the year. They went again with that two man, two down lineman front, again, that two, four, five look. And I don't understand why, because that did not work against Virginia Tech, and it did not work in this game.
1: Um, I think I think what it some of it is if you look at the very first touchdown we gave up, tackling played an issue. And Jay Bateman said that Monday in his press conference. Got to be better. We've over got field to tackle better in every situation.
0: And it's what? everybody. It's your leader, Chaz Surratt, who, who has had two horrible games yes. in in the open he, field. He's looked average the last few yes. weeks.
1: And. I'm not going to f- lose my, my mind on him because... He's going to have stretches like him this. Him average is it still happens. better than when it could be. Right. Um, remember, he's
0: still only a year and a half from being so, considered a quarterback on your team. So. But
1: Carolina is not winning at the line of scrimmage, and mm-hmm. they are not good enough to get pushed around and... And still win the and, game. And still win games. Because
0: you got – your guys on the back end have been been good. Like, one guy that really struggled in this game, and, uh, you know, I think it's it's sh- kind of shocking because uh, Chad McShay brought it up when he was talking about him. You know, Don Chapman is everywhere, but Don Chapman made a lot of mistakes. took He's some, everywhere.
1: Sometimes that's not a good thing.
0: Took some bad angles. Um, got caught with his eyes in the backfield a couple of times in deep pass coverage, which you cannot do as a free safety. You're the last line of defense. You're not the in-the-box guy. You've got to be able to take away that middle of the field, which they hit a couple of times on you. I mean, that was the biggest thing about the, the, the secondary this year coming in. The depth was great. The talent was great. I'm not saying that Don Chapman's not a great talent. I think that the first three games of the year, he played pretty well. Yeah. But he had a tough game on Saturday night against Florida State, and you saw Jordan Travis in the first half had six completions and they went for 182 yards. That's, I mean, you cannot let up those types that's of big 30 plays. Yards, that's 30 yards a pop. I mean, that's those are the types of plays that killed Carolina back in 15, back in 16. That's You cannot let up plays like that and expect to still win games. It, it just, it can't happen. Um, but like you said, one of the reasons that Carolina is in that situation is because they have to blitz more why do they have to blitz more because their defensive front cannot get the pressure that they need to Timone Fox great start to the season first two games of the year but what do we what did we ask of them this year what did we ask of them last year was to be a little more consistent it's just as of right now it hasn't been there just yet you need that as we go along throughout the season. And, say, you know, same thing with Tyrone Hopper. He hasn't been bad. Neither one of them have been bad. But they need to be, be able better. to get more pressure without having to blitz because the more times you have to blitz, the, wor- the, the worse situations you're going to put your secondary in because they have to be in one-on-one coverage. And the, some guys just can't handle it the
1: whole game. The bigger problem when we have to blitz is that you're blitzing Chassarrette. Which means you're taking him out of the middle of the field where he can still right. fly around and make plays. That's the biggest issue.
0: And it, they're they're I mean they're blitzing. It's also you're blitzing a linebacker and a corner. You're blitzing both your linebackers. It's not just we're blitzing one guy right. to help them out. We're blitzing everybody, and we're expecting everybody to be in cover zero and figure out how to cover guys. And it's just it's not working the way that we're hoping.
1: I don't mind the aggressive blitz calling. I don't mind. What you're doing, I mind how often they're doing. I it. mind that when you when it's always Chasred. He's our best playmaker defensively outside of Trey Morrison.
0: So he's also he, your best pass rusher at the linebacker but, position. And so that's though. the
1: problem is that you've got to you may have to sacrifice. Maybe understand you're not going to get home every time by sending Gimmel, but you have still got Chasred who can who can cover up your mistakes. But if you send him every right. time, Jeremiah Gimel is not going to hold up and make plays consistently in the open field. That's a not, fact. not
0: not in coverage. I mean, he's just he's your typical inside linebacker. So. He's a volume tackler. He can get after the quarterback a little bit. He's not great in coverage. Now he's not as bad as some of the other guys that we've seen. You know that we saw under Larry Fedora in coverage. But, I mean, he can hold his own, but yeah, you're right. He's going up against these athletic tight ends that have been killing us these past few weeks. And it's just, it, that's not Jeremiah's game. It's nope. just not it. And, you know, they've got to get that figured out. Um, but, I, you know, I still think, you know, the, I'm still going to stick with this. I know they struggled to stop the run again. Jay Bateman brought it up. Running quarterbacks are going to hurt this team. All season. That game against Miami at the end of the year is not going to be pretty. That's a game where you're going to have to score early and often yeah. if you want to win that game. Um, but Carolina, I think, you know, when I look at them, I said it last week, I don't think they're as bad as. The team that we've seen these two weeks defensively, I don't think they're as good as those teams we saw the first two weeks. I think they're somewhere in the middle of that. But the main thing is you've i mean, you, you got to hope that Storm Duck can come back at some point. I mean, again, Patrice Renee wasn't bad. Neither was Kyler McMichael. But Storm Duck is just... A difference maker. Yep. I mean, he's a shutdown corner, um, and it would help you with a little more flexibility in your secondary with guys being able to possibly move around to help out. Um, you know, that's that's one of the biggest things. And another guy, Jaquarius Conley, you want you want to see him back as soon as possible because um, I mean, Trey Morrison was was good once again. You'd like to be able to move Trey Morrison back to strong safety get Cameron Kelly off the field, use him in a, in a rotational role because he struggled tackling in the open field as well. Um, but, I mean, you know, the, the other big thing that you got to talk about, I mean, look, the defense is struggling. I, I don't know if it's struggling as much as the special teams is, though. Right now, your special teams, an area that you were hoping you would be able to see improvement this year is possibly worse than they were a year ago. Uh, you had two punts tipped or blocked, however you want to call it. Um, You missed a field goal that would have enabled you to tie the game on the scoring drive that cut it to three. Um, And your return game still has not done anything for you since that first game of the season against Syracuse, and that was only Daz Newsome in the punt return game. So Carolina's special teams unit right now, is nowhere near what we saw under Larry Fedora. That was one of his specialties, and the drop-off under the new staff has definitely been noticeable.
1: Yeah, our specialties have been anything but special through the first four games of the season. Um, Had to work one of those in today, didn't you? Yeah, um, and they are a living embodiment of when a coach goes up there and says, we got to be good in offense, defense, and kicking game. Carolina is not good in the kicking game, and that's a big reason why they have a loss. It's a big reason why mm-hmm. um, they almost lost to Boston College. I mean, you, I, I was at the point winner of the year, we get inside the 40, fourth and five or fewer, I'm going for it. I think that's now a legitimate decision that unless like you're like legitimately inside the red zone right we're going for it because there is no trust that he's going to put the ball in between the uprights
0: which really stinks because I mean that you know you want to be able to be able to kick a, a field goal from inside of 50 yards and in bet- and, and and you know in between 40 and, yeah. and and make it in games like this where you needed that you needed those points at that time if a drive stalls it's gonna happen mm-hmm. Defensive plays are going to be made. You're going to have to kick field goals. You've got to be able to make those in these close games. If you want to be where you think you can be at, you want to make the ACC championship game, you've got to be able to make field goals in close games. Yep. Um, I mean, is it just me? Do, do we? I, I think we need to see Noah Ruggles. Yes. you got to at least give him a chance. I mean, Atkins. Look, man, you had a great career at Furman. It's just, it's not working right like, now. You're, you're two of five on field goals, zero of three from 40 plus. That, we need you to be better. That's why we brought you in. We, we tried,
1: we, tried it out Jonathan Kim in a game against Duke last year. Put Noah Ruggles' ass on the field, <laughs> let him kick the football.
0: Yeah, I mean, John, yeah, yeah, Jonathan Kim, uh, great kickoff specialist. Not a guy that's great at field goals so, just yet. But Noah uh, Ruggles, and that's the other thing with Noah. Look, he got a lot of he got a lot of slack from the media. I mean, he, he struggled in that game against Virginia Tech. There was a reason he was benched. Mm-hmm. They thought there was a potential that they could find someone else that could help them from long range. Right now, they don't have that guy. But you know Ruggles can at least hit, you know, half of those field goals from 40-plus. I mean, Atkins hasn't made one yet, and we keep trying to wait and say, okay, this is going to be the time that he's going to make one. After a while, you've, you've got to make the move. I mean, you've got to think – I mean, I was thinking about this actually last night when I was it went, when I was going over some of the stuff, breaking down one of the videos that I was doing for the podcast. We're going to be doing midseason grades after this game because you're five games into the season. You're not guaranteed that you have that game against Western Carolina at the end of the year if they have to move a conference game back. Um, so... Carolina is at the halfway point. Yeah. What at what point do you say if we got to make a change of kicker, we're going to make it here. You
1: can't this, wait much longer. This this is the final straw. This this is you know you're coming into a big game against a rival. It's a top twenty-five right. matchup. Right. You you need a win because a loss here really derails the way your season can go and the way you want it to go. So you've got to treat this game as if it's the biggest game you've had all year. Right. As you should treat every game, and I think the staff and the and the and the players learned that last Saturday. They didn't prepare right. They didn't do the things you got to do Monday through Friday, which you can't going, butcher
0: them too much because they've never been in that never situation. Been so it's a learning experience yes. and yes. stuff
1: like that. Mm-hmm. And so now. Now they're they're getting to handle adversity in year two under Mac Brown. Last year they always responded very well to it. Um, you had to win the final two games to make a bowl game. They did that, you know, stuff like that. Um, so now we'll see how they respond this year because there is there's uh, there's more expected of this team right now. Definitely, and it's it's a very fun spot to be in a spot where we're three and one. We're still a top fifteen team in, in college football, and we're having a bitch fest.
0: And I mean, it seems it seems right too. I think that's the other thing that the guys got to realize is you can't get too down on yourself for the loss. I mean, yeah, you didn't play well, but you came all the way back in the game. Again, it no moral victories. It's a game you should have won, yep. but. You know, another thing you could kind of chalk it up to man, Mac Brown just doesn't beat Florida State. He's zero, 10, 0 for ten against them. This is just that's it's one of his thorns in the yeah, one, thorns one team he can't beat.
1: And every every coach except Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> Or Bill Belichick well, has that guy. We'll, we'll see. We'll see with Dabo this weekend.
0: If he gets beat by Syracuse, Syracuse might fall they're, into that. Into, into they're the,
1: thirty-eight point favorites. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think they might be all right, but they always have that one game where they where, where they play somebody close in the middle of the season. They did it the one year against Pittsburgh. They lost that game on a thir- oh, was that a Thursday night or fr- that know. was a Friday night? I think to Syracuse because it was oh it was a uh, late night with Roy. Um, night. So it was a Friday night against Syracuse. So you never know. But yeah, I feel like, you know, like I said, I I compared it in the recap article kind of to Roy when he plays Texas. Or Kansas. Fantastic coach. Just he can't can't find a way to beat him. Something about that team just gives him fits. And what really stinks for Mac is he might play Florida State one more time. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, he might have one more shot at him. This isn't someone Carolina plays every year, so hopefully he can get it done whenever they match up. Of course, uh, you know, go over to the offensive side of the ball real quickly. There's some positive things to talk about. Sam Howell bounced back after that slow first half. Uh, he he looked about as good as he could have looked in that second half. I mean, he threw for 283 yards and three touchdowns in that second half. Um, He did everything that he needed to do to try to get Carolina back in the game. Um, Of course, made that great throw once again, stepping up in the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield to Javante Williams for the long touchdown. Um, Bo Corrales, career day, four catches, 141 yards and a touchdown. Um, But the biggest thing that everybody's going to look back on is the fact that Carolina had three drops to end the game. Um, Bo Corrales, of course, on second down gets his shirt Hold, you wonder if that doesn't end up happening. Does he find a way to be able to hold on to the ball because he would have been a little better positioned? You got to be tough enough to make the Still got to make the catch because it's in your hands. Daz Newsome on third down, then drops one again right over the middle. It was in his hands. And then Javante Williams, uh, you know, sort of falling down Sam Howell you know great throw on the run another one that you've got to catch but um you know Carolina had their chances at the end of the game to make this a historic comeback to make this a potential Heisman statement game for Sam Howell but um you know it it still shows this team still put up over 500 yards of total offense so if there's a unit to be confident in for Carolina it is their offense right now
1: Yes. Now, this is still a very potent offense. It's still an offense that can put up points when they want to put up points, whether they want to throw the ball or run the ball. But they've got to be more efficient, more consistent. Penalties showed up again on Saturday night, and the drops have got to stop. Um, And there's no such thing as a timely drop. It is inexcusable to drop the ball three straight times to lose a football game. I don't care that you were held. The ball hits you in your hands, catch the football. You were right up in the middle of the field, Daz Newsome. Catch the football. You were worried about where you were going after you caught the ball. You got to be mentally tougher, Javante Williams. You, it's hard because he was halfway falling down. So, but and he, that's the first drop of his
0: career, you know, which so, is something. And uh, like I said, he ran for 119 yards. If Javante Williams problem. doesn't, if he and caught that long touchdown, if Javante Williams isn't on your team, you you're not in that game. So, I
1: mean. They they've got to just become they've got to get to the point where they can make yes. plays regardless of the outcome. I, I I get that you were held. You the, you still should have caught the football. That's the problem. Don't yeah. Don't, I mean don't don't expect it, 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 these it, ACC
0: refs to bail your ass. Well, out. it can throw everything off. That's the other thing that's got to be called that's evident i mean how do you not see him pulling on the on the it was a shirt, bad no call Jersey.
1: but if if you want to go to that you're making an excuse for why you failed oh i
0: mean you and still should have caught the ball but it's something, gotta be, it's something that's got to be it's something that's got to be called you probably didn't deserve to even be in the game with the way you played in the first half but in a moment like that I mean, there was the the one that they called prior to that on the drive wasn't even that obvious. I mean, at the least, even if you didn't call pass interference, that is the definition of holding. He's literally grabbing onto the shirt like that's just something that's that's got to be called. But you know what? This is the thing about it. After that didn't get called, you needed. Daz Newsome that's the most disappointing one to me because that was one where nothing he didn't get there wasn't a penalty that didn't get called he wasn't falling down he wasn't a running back trying to catch the ball out of the backfield he just dropped he's a wide receiver he had it in his hands and he just dropped it that's got to be there especially on a night where you you know didn't play bad I mean he had four catches 37 yards it's not awful but it's not the production that you're normally used to from Daz Newsome that we got used to at the end of last season. You, you, when you need to make plays like that, you've got to be able to hold on to the ball. But like you said, all three of the guys that you know are the main starters for Carolina have had their moments where they've struggled with that, and it's something that you know you just gotta hope they can get corrected. Um, and you know, I, I think there's a there's a good chance they can. So, I mean, Carolina's still got a long way to go. Look, it's only one loss. You're 3-1. and one. Uh, You lost, I mean, look, Florida State is, you know, pretty well, well looked at by the rest of the country right now. They think that they made a huge mistake not starting Jordan Travis out of the gate. Um, they still feel like they have a lot of talent there. So this isn't a loss. This is not a loss on your resume that puts a nail in the coffin for you if you're trying to hold out any hope that you can make the college football playoff. Or the, the biggest thing that they've got to realize is, look, one of your main goals coming into the season was to make the ACC championship game. That's still achievable. One conference loss. You control your own destiny to do that. Everybody that's ahead of you besides Clemson, you play. And, yep. again, we are assuming that Clemson's going to make it. They won 73-7 to in a – ACC conference game on the road Yeah, So we're just take care of the business That's in front of you and you can still make it To to, uh, to Charlotte To play Clemson later on in the year I think, uh, you know, look I, I Personally, I don't think they're going to really Have that much of an issue with that I think you've got the right coaching staff That's been through a lot, you know you got a lot of guys that have been all over the country They've been through some of these tough losses These games that they felt they had a chance to win And just couldn't pull it out I think they'll be fine against NC State in terms of the mindset coming in,
1: yeah, I think I think this game is a good recipe for Carolina. You're bringing in your most hated rival on the football side of things, right? Mac Brown was essentially hired to reestablish order within the state as a recruiter and as a coach. And we know last year, leading into that game, how much he put into beating NC State, how how important it is to him, to his staff, to us, the fans, into beating. The Wolf Pack. So now you're coming off a game where you played awful. You still had a chance to win. So you're coming a little pissed off. And NC State was dumb enough to come in 4-1 and, and, t- and get a top 25 ranking beside their name. NC State's not a top 25 football team. But in COVID-2020, they are. So I think, I think they'll have Carolina's attention. This is a game that Carolina should win and win rather easily. NC State is not good. Their quarterback is hurt. The game is at home. It is going to be an early kick. Everything is in your favor. Um, So you're expecting at least 20 or more. I think Carolina should blow them out. I think that's not going to happen. I think they that's should, I I think they should walk that. in. I think should walk into Keenan Stadium, and that game should be over in the third quarter.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's going to happen. First of all, before we turn the page officially, we got to give out our offensive and defensive players of the game for this past week. Uh, offensive of player, uh, we agreed on Sam Howell. I mean, career day for Bo Corrales, but Sam Howell, three seventy four, three touchdowns, pretty much led you back into the game. Despite being under an immense amount of pressure, pretty much the entire night, um, so we'll give Sam the offensive player, and then defensive, we went through and looked. Uh, we're gonna go, we're, we're gonna go with Tamari Fox. Led the team in tackles, nine total tackles uh, in the game. Uh, you know, one tackle for loss, quarterback hurry wasn't, you know. Fantastic in the pass rush, but uh, you know, for a defensive end to have nine total tackles in the game, that's pretty solid. Tamari is a guy that's, you know, you can see signs of him being a really big piece for you on your defensive line going forward over the next couple of years. Um, So those are our offensive and defensive players. Now we'll transition into that game against State. You know, I think I understand what you're saying. This this team, I I don't think this NC State team is that good either I don't think that they're all of a sudden this really great offense I'm not seeing that I think that they've played all right like you said Devin Leary won't play in this game went down with an injury now Bailey Hockman's their quarterback Um, you know hawkman has got talent. Remember, he was a former Florida State commit. So, I mean, this this guy, there's something there. Um, but Carolina, like you said, this feels like a game that Carolina should win. Um, now, you know, I'm hoping that they don't read into the betting line, which is still, Carolina's still somehow an 18-point favorite coming into this game. I don't think the margin should be that wide in Vegas. It'll probably end up shrinking. But, um, you know, the other thing is, you know, th- this is a game that you should win because how much more motivation do you need? You got embarrassed in the first half against Florida State came back and fell short in a game where you you feel like in in your mind you know, all, literally all we had to do was ju- – I mean, we had a chance to bail ourselves out of a, a game that we just were horrible in and could have still found a way to get a victory, but we fell just short. You're going to play your rival, a team that at this point now probably believes that they can beat you and beat you easily um, because they're probably buying into the same hype that a lot of people around the rest of the country are, that you're overrated and that you're not a good football team. Um, you sh- should want to come out and prove something against them. Um, and, you know, I think there's there's a chance that they can do that. Like you mentioned, the game is at home, so Carolina uh, will have the home crowd there. Uh, gr- granted, it'll be small, but this is another one of those ones where even having some fans is different than having no fans. You feel like there will be some environment here, especially with the fact that hopefully, hopefully there will be – next to none or no state fans in attendance since the Rams Club members are the ones that are getting a hold of these tickets. Um, and, you know, there's some things that you can attack with this this team in, in NC State. Um, they're not a great... Passing defense. I mean, look, 268.2 yards per game allowed through the air. Even on the ground, 153.2 isn't great. So Carolina has some areas that they can attack them offensively. The main thing for Carolina is whatever this defensive funk is that they've been in, they have got to get out of it. They've got to. They've got to have better communication. Your guys, you know. Again, we need to find a way to sort of find that sweet spot with blitzing. I think we've been blitzing a little too much early this year. Last year I felt like we didn't blitz enough. So I think we need to find that sweet spot, and if we do, Carolina should be able to handle this NC State team.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, the the state's defense is not the state defense it was when they had all the, the, the defensive line town a few years ago. Right. And, and Still
0: a formidable defensive they, line, though. So the offensive line's got to come prepared. They, you know, but you're
1: right. They, they, they've they got some guys. Um but you should be able to do what you want to do to this defense. You should be able to run the ball uh, with Javante Williams and Michael Carter. I think you've got to you've got to establish Michael Carter in this game. Early and get to the point where, like it was last year when we beat them to go to the bowl game, where you can wear them down, with Javante in the second half. So, but I, and, I, and I think they can do that. Uh, the, uh, throwing the football, this team this team's going to turn sixty-eight yards a game. This is, this should be a game where you should have no issue once you establish the run, right? And I still want to stress that this is a run. This should this is a run-first football team should still be a run-first football team. Well, yes, but, but, but once you've got the run game established, which right. be The first drive, you've got to you've got to throw the ball down the field. Last week, the big
0: problem was, was that you were running the ball well, but you got down 17-24 early. You yep. you had to throw the ball. There wasn't Yeah, you had to. Right. That's what I'm saying though. That's so people will say, Well, you know, maybe we should be a throw for No 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 no. No. This team, even against Florida State, it won't, you know, it probably doesn't look like it was as good as the other games because they shouldn't have been running the ball that much. And there were a couple of times where they still ran the ball in the second half, in the fourth quarter primarily, and we were like, What what are you doing? You're wasting time. Um but I mean, yeah, in this game, you did it to them last year. You ran all over them last year. When you won in 2015 in their place, you ran all over them. When you beat this team, you've been, historically, you've been able to run on them. You've got one of the best running back tandems in the country. Our guy, Eric McLean, over at ACC Network says it's the best. You need to lean on your guys however much you can. You know, and, and that'll open up that deep passing game like we've talked about. It did it against Virginia Tech, and again, you know, I think, you know, looking at Florida State secondary, I don't think they're world beaters, but you've got a guy that you know is probably, I mean, what are we going to say? He's easily a day-two pick, could sneak into the end of the first round in Asante Samuel Jr. He's as good as it gets as a pure cover corner. Um, NC State doesn't have that type of quarterback right. on their team. You should be able to attack this a little bit more. But again, everything you do starts up front. So they've got to find their solution there. you got to be able to slow these guys down. I know that they don't have the same guys. Aleem McNeil is still very talented mm-hmm. in the middle of their defense. They've got guys that can hurt you. They do. So you've got to make sure you take care of business yeah, and, up front.
1: And this is a game, and I, you know, they made the comment the other day in the press availability that it's, it's – it's a game that's won up front. It's and and that's NC State's going to want to make this game dirty. They're going to play dirty. They want to make the game ugly. So Carolina, I think I think they've got to get into that. They've got to want to get physical and play tough and and ruffle some feathers. Right. Because that's what NC State wants the game to be. So you should you should want to meet that, match it, and excel their want
0: to. Another key though, got to be smart about yeah, it. Yeah. The, the penalties. Not, there um, there are going to be personal foul penalties yeah. in this game. That's how this game works. But Don't do – I mean, you can't get too likes. get yourself ejected. You've got to be careful because there is going to be pushing and shoving. There's going to be talking. There's going to be jawing. That's just how this rivalry works. But you've got to be smart about it because you don't want to give extra opportunities and put yourself in a bad situation if you don't
1: have to. And uh, I think defensively, if this quarterback can come in and have success, I think we'll have to have a legitimate – Discussion about the state of the defense, because mainly the defensive line too. Because you should be able
0: to get after him mm-hmm. in this game. That should be one of your main goals. Again, not all, I, and and it's not just. Because you, you're strategically blitzing. You can do that at times. Your front four should be have able to, to create, be better, they and they've be got to create, be able. They
1: should be able to create consistent pressure right. on Saturday to where we're not sending Chaslerat and whatever defensive back right. we want to send. And to this
0: isn't Hendon Hooker. This isn't even Braxton Burmeister or Jordan Travis. Bailey Hockman is not a running quarterback. So you you should be able to pin your ears back a little bit and get after him. Now, you don't want to leave it completely open where if he's got 10 yards of open space, he can easily just take it into the end zone. But you need to make this a game where you you pin your ears back in that front four, Timon Fox, Tamari Fox, Tyrone Hopper, Jaleel Taylor, Raymond Vowasek, those guys, and go after the quarterback and get there. You know, I think... You know, you looked at Raymond in this past weekend's game. I didn't think he played bad, but you can tell that something was just a little off for him. Hopefully... You know, another week of being able to go through, you know, some of the rehabbing stuff, get in the training room, everything like that, will help him out to where he can get back to being that guy that we saw in the first two games of yeah. the season. Um, but Carolina, I think definitely this is this is a manageable game. Um, you know, I think uh, you know that, that we we've talked about it. You know, defense wise, the other thing is is your secondary. You've got to be able to find the right combination of guys mm. back there. I don't know if Trey Morrison needs to play more safety. You want to keep him in the nickel. Whatever, um, Cameron Kelly, I think, has really struggled. Though you've got to take pressure off of your safeties right now. They're having trouble with you know tackling in open space, and that's the other big thing. Got to tackle in this game. Yeah. This team has two running backs that are over 300 yards. They are going to run the ball on you mm-hmm. when you have a chance to drop them. Because, again, it's very similar to the South Carolina game, first game of last year. You're there. You're not, picking the right gaps. You're not finishing. Not finishing the tackles you need to. So, Carolina, um, we'll, we'll end up making our prediction here. Carolina, of course, against State. It is a 12 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. Yeah, ESPN. Yeah, I always get it confused because they've been moving stuff around all year. Um. So you know, I guess I'll start in this one. Look, uh, Carolina, you, you got to take this game seriously. Don't think that this NC State team is overrated, whatever. Because if you do and you take them lightly, they will beat you. That's how rivalries work. Carolina's got to come prepared. But I think, look, this is a bad situation for State coming in. Carolina is. God, they are going to come in pissed off that they lost that game to Florida State. They didn't look the way they should and even still had a chance to win and fell short. Um, You're going up against a rival. This is the first time this year. Mack Brown has stressed that rivalries are extremely important in this state, not only for you guys on the field before recruiting. And, you know, this is a game where if you lose, you're probably out of ACC championship contention, you think. So Carolina, in order to stay on track for the goals that they have, need to win this game. I think everything piles up well, for Carolina in that perspective. I think it's a little bit closer because this is how these rivalry games usually go, but I think Carolina pulls it out. I'll give them the victory over NC State 34 to 24 in Keenan Stadium on Saturday.
1: Yeah, Mac Brown said. Uh We learned a lot about who we were in the second half of the loss on Saturday in Tallahassee. I think we're going to find out what this team is even more so this Saturday. And I think you're going to see a team that can respond to adversity. They're not going to go through the same mistakes where they didn't take an opponent seriously. They're going to come in better prepared, ready to execute. And I mean, look. Part of it is that I just hate NC State. Well, you, if you pick against NC State, Zach Hubbard
0: is the new co-host of the podcast. It, well, yeah, you no,
1: are replaced. That is, I, you are not allowed to pick State or Duke on the podcast. I would, I would never pick State. Um, I would, I would die before I did that. <laughs> you also just said that Carolina should easily cover the spread. They and should. should dominate. And them. I, I think they will. I think, I think this game will go thirty-eight seventeen, Carolina. And okay. I think, I think we'll come out of this feeling like, okay, we got a loss. We catch our breath and now you're 4-1, and one, and you've got six games to make a run at this thing, and you've got a favorable schedule up until the end of November and the first week of, of December to figure all this out. And I, I, so that's when we look at it. NC State is Carolina's best recipe to get something, a, a bad feeling out of their mouth, whether it's on yeah. the football field. For Roy Williams, last year they were 10-17. and 17. They beat State to to end a seven-game losing streak. This is what we do. Mac Brown understands that beating them is very important to everyone that is, is involved with Carolina. Whether you're a player, a coach, a fan, a recruiter, whatever, we want to beat their ass. And I think they will on Saturday, 38-17. to 17. I don't want to hear this crap that NC State's good. They're not good. Dave Doran's a chump. They're overrated. And I think we'll Send the message that this is a Tar Heel state. We've reestablished dominance on the recruiting trail and on the football field. And then we'll come on here next week and make fun of state for thirty minutes.
0: <laughs> let's 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 hope again. Twelve o'clock ESPN. Oh, because if they the lose, kick.
1: I'm not showing up. Okay, twelve uh, tw-
0: Yeah, you are. Uh, you have no choice. You're contractually. I don't, you're contractually I don't get Paid, paid
1: enough to show up after losses.
0: You signed a contract that said you don't worry about you, you don't worry about the fact that you're unpaid. Uh, we're also don't show up after losses, even though you're doing a podcast after a loss here. I just uh, came
1: in to get the free meal of Yeah, sure,
0: sure. Um, but yeah, twelve o'clock to kick off on ESPN. Uh, of course, also uh, if you can't watch the game over on the Tarheel Sports Network, friend of the show Jones Angel, as well as uh, they brought back Brian Simmons last week. I wonder if he's going to be back the rest of the year. If they're going to be rolling he with was, Lee,
1: he was only there because the game was in Florida. That's gotcha. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it okay. Was, it was a COVID traveling scenario. Gotcha. Okay, so it'll
0: probably just be uh, Jones and Lee on the call again over on the Tariel Sports Network. So make sure you guys check that out as well. Um, final notes before we get out of here: a couple of stuff, a uh, couple of notes that we uh, did not tell you the last time we were on here, uh, or that just broke this week. Miles Wolfolk, DJ Ford in the transfer portal. Um, Wolfolk, of course, uh, deemed academically ineligible earlier this year, so this was pretty much inevitable. We were wondering if you know his football career was over or if we would go and pursue uh, an opportunity somewhere else. Uh, it- he will go pursue an opportunity somewhere else, which is good for Miles. I think he's still got a potential, you know, the potential to be an NFL guy. You, know, uh, you look back on his career, only 19 games played, 14 games started. Really talented player, but God, he was banged up a lot. He yeah. had a lot of injury issues, unfortunately. 86 total tackles in his career, 5 interceptions, so we wish Miles the best of luck. Same thing with DJ Ford. Of course, opted out of the 2020 season due to concerns over COVID. Uh, there was thoughts that he would come back next year, but he's going to move on as well played in 33 games as a Tar Heels, started 9, 72 total tackles a big guy on special teams his first few years and then a nice rotational piece especially last year for the Tar Heels in 2019. Uh, as for the guys that are currently on the roster, linebacker Ethan West, the only guy that's been determined out for the season. It's an undisclosed injury, they haven't revealed why but that was revealed just before the game against Virginia Tech that he was out for the year. Storm Duck of course as we know uh, they doomed him out uh, on Monday so once again, you know I I don't know how you feel. It looks like it's a significant injury. It's going to keep him out probably for a significant period of time. Unfortunately, uh, all the other guys are still a little bit up in the air. I know Henry Simmons was dressed in the game uh, against um, Florida State. I saw him out there dressed uh, in one of the offensive huddles. Of course, Raymond Vlasic was out there. Jaquarius Conley was not, but we don't know anything. Those guys uh, will have to wait again until game day to find out their status. And the Tar Heels, one of the Tariel's future quarterbacks coming in, Drake May, is skipping his senior year to enroll early. Of course, a fantastic prep career. Two years as a starter at Myers Park. Finishes his career with a 68.5 completion percentage, 6,713 yards passing, and a beautiful 86 to 7 touchdown to interception ratio. Not too shabby yeah. for. Good? Not too shabby for uh, the Tar Heel uh, commit in the 2021 class and of course the legacy of former Tar Heel quarterback Mark May. He'll be joining the group Carolina with a lot of guys I think now down to one or two guys that are still going to play in uh, the spring. I know uh, Caleb Hood is one of the guys that's still going to play in the spring. Also he was named a big 22 finalist uh, for WSOC in Charlotte. So uh, he's the only Tar Heel finalist in the group uh, I know you guys have uh, get really into that stuff so if you want to go vote for that uh, WSOCTV.com I think has where you can go vote for Caleb ahead uh, of uh, his senior season for Richmond which will start in February so that wraps it up for this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast of course we encourage you guys head over to that website HeelToughBlog.com there's so much great content on there uh, we have the stock report uh, look there are some guys definitely trending down but there are also a couple of guys in there that are trending up. So go see who's trending up after this past week as we head towards NC State. Also got the trench report from the game, a little bit of a deeper dive on that offensive and defensive line, the struggles that they've had so far this season, and especially this past week against Florida State. Josh took care of that. And then, of course, you can also go back, read the recap of what we learned from this game against Florida State and how Carolina can build on it going forward. We're going to have you covered with the NC State preview. That should be up on the website right now. You guys can go ahead and read that. And then, of course, after that, same thing that I just read off to you, but in the reverse order. It'll be the recap on game night. Trench report will come out on Sunday, and then the stock report will come out on Monday. All that stuff for you guys before uh, we'll eventually turn our focus after that to uh, the game on Halloween night against Virginia. Carolina is hoping to get themselves back on track, though, and uh, if they do or don't, we'll have you covered on the website. Also, basketball starting to close in here. There's going to probably be some schedule news that's going to be released. You think here in the next couple of weeks, uh, maybe a couple of days even, we're hoping. Uh, everything on the basketball front is covered on the website. Sky Clark, a uh, guy in the 2021 class, yes, is committing uh, sometime, wait, is committing tomorrow?
1: Yeah, it's Thursday. it will be committed by the time the podcast
0: Right, okay, so that uh, article should be up on the website right now. You guys can go read that, whether or not he committed or not. We've got you covered on that front. Um, all sorts of great stuff you guys can go check out there. As for the podcast, for you guys that are watching us make sure you like and follow the page at the top of the page the thumbs the thumbs up make sure you click on that That'll uh, make sure that you like the page so that you can get notifications every time that we are going to have a new edition of the podcast. It'll tell you right in there that we're going to premiere a video. It'll also tell you when the video starts so that you guys can tune in as well. And of course, uh, make sure to leave any comments that you guys have. We greatly appreciate it. We'll be in there watching uh, with you guys so we can always comment on stuff if you have any questions or anything like that. Um, And then uh, for the people that are listening to the podcast, whether you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts podcast spotify wherever you listen to make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss any of the editions of the podcast and also we'd love if you could rate and review the podcast because it not only helps us with a little bit of constructive criticism but it also helps to move the podcast up the rankings so that some of the Toriel fans who haven't found the podcast just yet can track it down but want to thank josh for co-hosting with me want to thank you guys for watching and listening and as always go to hell state and go Tar Heels.